Welcome to the Homestead Podcast. You are joining co-hosts Carol and Jamie of TwoGalsHomesteading.com. If you found yourself here, that means you are ready to take responsibility for what you eat, your family's health, and your family's well-being while living a simpler life. You can do this and have fun, saving money along the way. Let them help you unleash the homesteader within. By doing more with less, you will gain what is needed to create confidence, impact, and change in your life and the lives around you. Let's start homesteading, let's start now. Well, Jamie. Yes. Here we are, another week. Another week. We had talked about apple season last week. Yes. I got a couple five-gallon pails of apples my daughter brought home from a friend's house. And you were apple picking last Last night. night. And I have no idea. I have a trunk full. Yeah, same brand, same same, same variety as me. Yep, we both Har- have the Harrelsons. And so, what are your plans for your apples? Uh, we are planning. I'm planning to make some apple butter. Probably not a whole lot, but okay. just some. And then apple cider vinegar. I don't know if you talked about it. Yes, we, we did. About- I have some brewing up That's here, right. and it's starting. You can. It's definitely fermenting. You can smell it. You can, you smell, can it smell it. Smell it. It smells like apple cider vinegar Mm -hmm. to me now rich smelled it and he thought it smelled more like a like it was fermenting like it's turning into alcohol like like a hard cider i suppose or something similar to that yeah that's as far as i've gone with that because you know that's a fermentation it takes time so it takes time yeah yeah so what else are you thinking besides um my mom has an apple press and so we are planning to go down and borrow that from her and Mm. make apple cider oh yeah and then my hubby and son are into fermenting alcoholic beverages. And so they want to try their hand at making a hard cider. Okay, yeah. See, Rich has messed around with that many years ago when we still lived in town. We had a we had two Haraldson trees, actually. And he made hard cider out of that. And I believe we probably still have some in the basement that moved out <laughs> here with us on the farm. I do believe I moved the box the other day. <laughs> So I have no idea what that'd be like because that would be. We have been on the farm for over ten years, so that'd I'm, be really hard. Yeah, I, maybe I. I don't know. Probably forgotten. It's down there. Yeah. Oh no! Let's talk about apple butter for a second. Do you make just straight apple butter, or do you do caramel apple butter or anything? Just like? I. I will put a little depending on the apples taste. Once you get them cooked down, is if I put sugar in them. If they're mm-hmm. sweet enough on their own, I don't put no sugar. Mm-hmm. But then I will add cinnamon. Oh, okay. And I had growing when my kids were younger. I had one kid. He did not like grape jelly, but he would put apple butter on all of his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh, okay. Because it's like, um, mom's not cooking tonight, you're on your own. And that would be his supper, would be a apple butter, peanut butter sandwich. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, apples and peanut butter go together. Yeah. I don't I guess I don't well, yeah, know Well, yeah, you know, there'd probably yeah. be a half a cup of, you know, quarter, maybe a quarter cup of apple butter on his sandwich. <laughs> It'd be oozing out the sides. And I'm like shaking my head, closing it. He's like, whatever, he's eating. Yeah. I don't have to cook it. That works. Anything else you're planning? Are you planning on doing any apple juice or just cider? Uh, probably just cider. Okay. I've never done apple juice. Okay. I haven't done apple juice either, so I couldn't, couldn't help you on that one. But my friend Elena had posted on Facebook today, and she's like, does anybody know what else to do with tart apples? I don't know what variety she was talking about, but she was talking about a tart apple besides making applesauce because I'm sick of making applesauce. And so I had listed a few things like apple butter, 
apple caramel butter, apple apple pie jelly or jam. Yeah. And um, apple cider vinegar. Oh gosh, I don't know. I had several high th- pie filling. Pie filling. Pie filling. Um, she doesn't have a freeze dryer, so that isn't an option for her unless she brings the apples to me or to us, and we could probably do some for her. But I think it's, we're going to have enough <laughs> apples to. Yeah, because you were going to freeze dry some too. Yep. Yeah, because um, the gal that gave me the apples, um, she's older than I am. I think she's probably my mom's age. She won't tell her age. <laughs> and I have a guess of how old she is. And so I want to do her some as a thank you mm-hmm. for giving all these apples because mm-hmm. she called me today and said, my son got what he wants. You can have all the other. She has another variety and okay. stuff. And so she said, you can have all those too if you want them. Okay. And there is more apples on that tree than what we picked last night. Okay. So and so we could probably have three trunk loads of apples. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of apples. That's a lot of apples. Do you know, which if you're making cider, you can, you can go through, through a, a lot, lot of apples yeah. and, you know, having more than one variety in your apple, apple cider sorry. makes a better cider. The yeah. more apple varieties you have, the better your cider is. At least that's what I've learned. That's what the guy at the local upper orchard, he has passed away now, but he had told us that, that you want to have a variety of apples in there and that will give you a much better tasting cider, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. You know, it, it makes sense, but are you going to, you going to can this or are you going to, how are you going to keep it? Well, I think I'm going to have to can it if I want to keep it because I have grandkids that like apple juice. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have... I don't have a juicer mm-hmm. to make like what I think would be like juice. See, I have a juicer because I used it with Chastity, our oldest daughter, when she had um, rectal cancer. And I used a juicer oh. to feed her those five pounds of carrots every day to help with the cancer. So I have a juicer. I guess I kind of forgot about that. I suppose I could do juice too. Yeah. We could do that. Because then if the juice I could see canning. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd seen on our Facebook page and somebody had commented about that we needed to pasteurize it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can, what temperature, I have to investigate yep. what, what temperature, yep. dig out the no canning book. I don't know. They have a lot of information in there. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to stop because it's just going to ferment. You're just going to get yeah. apple cider vinegar otherwise, yeah. right? I eventually, mean, yeah. Yeah. Eventually it's going to turn into that if you. Fresh always ferments eventually. Yeah. So you got to do something to stop that. And I know at that orchard I was talking about that doesn't exist anymore, I believe they use some kind of like an ultraviolet light to pasteurize their, yes, their cider. Did. So and we probably don't have the equipment to do that type thing. So, but I think and there's, that was really good cider. It, it always tastes very fresh. We will, you know, because there's got to be a way to can it or something, you know, hot water bath it or... I wouldn't think you'd need to pressure can it. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so because I've done grape juice before and I've not pressure canned it. I've always hot water bath. And that was the, that's the one thing I think I read that you can actually do in the half gallon jars. You can actually can it in a half gallon jar. Oh. Because my grape juice is canned in a half gallon jar. Does that fit in a traditional water bath canner? It fit. I had a really, well, I got got it at an auction. It was just a a really, really deep one. And it didn't have the, you know how the newer ones have the sides that go like this? Yeah. They don't indent. It was just a flat sided on it. So if you got a big enough stock pot, you could probably do it too. Um, But most people use a steamer. Oh. A steamer is big enough for that. If you use a steamer, I don't know. Yeah, I have to look at. I have a big, you know, 
18 quart stock pot. Yeah, but my biggest one is 20, I think. I don't know, but you can you can can it. That's the one thing that the government says is safe enough to if you want to follow their guidelines. <laughs> so follow the a- I read somewhere the ABC's government or, ABC yep, yep, yep. agencies or something yep. else. It's like, oh. Let's see. Anything else? Apple pie filling would be good. I've made apple pie filling before and canned it. I haven't canned it. I make apple pie. Normally, I would, in the past, I would cut up a bunch and put them in lemon water mm-hmm. and then freeze them in mm-hmm. bags to make apple pies. Right. But I don't want to do that since we have the freeze dryer. And then reconstitute them yeah, to make, make pie. To make pie. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that, that's I mean, a thought. Storage-wise, yep. to be able to put them in a bag. Mm-hmm. You I mean, know, anything that you were going to use this fall i wouldn't put in a marley marlar bag but yeah if you're going to do more than four months six months i don't know do you go because everything like everything we've done so far i've just put in glass jars mm-hmm. or if they've gotten to glass jars <laughs> if they've even gotten that far <laughs> yeah um like the grapes that i picked up the other day they're, they're almost gone although those were good those were candy we'll, we'll talk about those yeah. in a little bit here about um, what we've done in the harvest rate this past week let me ask you this when when it comes to harvesting the apples now you harvested the harrelsons and i do know that their sugar content goes up after a hard freeze and we did have a freeze yep but now how about the other variety now it's supposed to freeze pretty hard tonight Tonight, yep and so do you think those apples will be affected at all i don't know you know i just i knew we didn't have time to pick them tonight Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let alone i didn't have my crew (laughs) yes yes half my crew is not here (laughs) i do not know i will probably run over tomorrow sometime and pick a couple and see Mm -hmm. they tasted good last night well then they should only get sweeter yeah right yeah, I would think. Now, the lady that I, I'm getting them from, she says that I do not, I can't remember the variety of them, but they're a yellow apple. And she says, you have to wait for them to get ripe. And once they're ripe, you need to pick them because then the bugs will come get them. Mm. But so we might have to pick through them and watch for bugs. Okay. As we're, you know, going to make cider with mm-hmm. them or mm-hmm. apple juice. Well, but you know, bugs are going to find the sweetest. With the hard frost, a lot of those bugs are going to be killed. Good point. So we will investigate that that tomorrow. Well, before we move on to our next topic, um, we are going to have a short word from PicoSupply.com. Family-owned PicoSupply.com brings small-town customer service to their online farm store. PicoSupply.com specializes in automatic waterers from top brands such as Mirico, Jug, Franklin, Trojan, and Ritchie, as well as other products for your operation. Find your farm supplies and automatic waterers at PicoSupply.com. That's P-E-T-E-C-O-Supply.com. Pico Supply. Let's talk about the harvester. What yes. we've been doing this week. It's been running pretty good clip over here. Yeah. I did. I put some stuff in there for you that you had in your freezer. Oh, okay. Right? So that's the grapes. Yep. Apples. You had apples. I had Granny Smith apples. And there was some red ones in there too. I didn't know what variety those were. I think that was just to fill the tray. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know what variety it was, but I knew which one were the I, Granny Smiths. So. They were something I just bought at the grocery store. Okay. All right. And then I had that, was that that smoothie mix? Mm-hmm. So the smoothie mix had mangoes, passion fruit, dragon fruit, and avocado chunks in it. And so that didn't dry 
a hundred percent. So some of it was kind of chewy, mm-hmm. but it was like candy. Mm-hmm. I'm like really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I sampled some and I had to actually talk to you because I was like, well, do you want me to freeze it longer? What do you want? Because it's it's obviously not dried correctly. Yeah, and we're going to need to consume this. Yeah, and I was more than happy to consume it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. I bet it's half gone already. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. And the, and the grapes t- were the other thing. They, I don't know. I didn't try the green ones. You the had green both ones green and drier. red. Okay, because they did, they looked, they, they felt drier. But yeah. boy, when I took the red ones off the tray, they you were sticky. Sticky and cold yep. yet? Yep. Were they cold yet? I don't know. I don't think they were cold. I don't remember. I don't think so, but they were terribly sticky. And so I ate one and oh my gosh, it was just like a grape chewy or yeah. gummy or something like that. Oh, they were really good. Yeah. Bob's like, those are better than raisins. They were really good. They were super sweet. And that grape flavor was really concentrated. Yep. That would, they were really good that way. But if you were looking to keep them long term, no, that would not have no. worked. I couldn't see more than a week or so. Yeah, because they would start to ferment, but they, they were really good. Yeah, they're Thank goodness you had just a small, small amount yeah. in there. Let's see what else I put in. I did greens. I decided to make oh, a yeah. um, super green powder or whatever. You know, they use, they sell it in the store and it's really expensive. And well, for our daughter, who's our oldest and she's disabled and she's been fed with a feeding tube, I thought, well, if I could make the green powder, I could save a lot of volume for her with her feedings because I feed her a lot of kale and spinach and those raw foods like that. And instead of giving her three handfuls of something, I can just give her a a tablespoon or two of it. And I can also get, you know, mustard greens and spinach and lettuce, whatever, you know, I can do a variety and she doesn't get just kale because you buy a big bag of kale, kale at the store. And then it takes you and a week or yeah, two to it takes, work through. Yeah, it takes me too long. And by the time I get to the bottom of the bag, it's icky. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe this would be a better way. So we, did, we ran the machine twice. Oh, so you did two loads. I did two loads because it didn't take that long. The first load I put in fresh, not pre-frozen, and took about 16 hours. And I packed the trays pretty heavy because lettuce is light. It's you know, light. the greens are light. Then the second one, I didn't have quite as much on the trays, simply because I just didn't have enough greens to fill those trays but i froze them because i prepared those trays at the same time as i put the ones in that oh, okay. so they got a chance to freeze in it oh gosh i don't know i don't even know if it took 10 hours oh wow and it was done i powdered those today and i got one two three must have four cups a little over four cups out of those out of six trays well it would have been yeah i suppose if you the, were really really full it would probably have been six trays of really full but um, but I was happy with it. I used it already today. I went and made food for her today, and it, I was well, pleased you, with how you, it worked. You think of all those that you don't have to like try to rush through and get them cooked, mm-hmm. and prepare, you know, you mm-hmm. know, like even put in a blender to blend down for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't have used that in a week, right? Right. That much, that much variety in a week, right? So I thought that that was a good plus. We did vacuum seal them in the jars. I didn't put any oxygen absorber in anything because we'll, we'll be going through You'll it go right through away. You'll go through that within two it's, weeks. Yep, yep. So I just wanted to store it, make sure it stayed fresh, fresh as, as it could. Off. But I know I, it's not going to be on the shelf for very long. But I'll definitely be doing that again. Doing that. that yeah. Well, I could see and, doing that because I have thought about that too because I know all that's good for you. But how You can't physically eat that much. Because I said, you know, you can just throw it in a stew. You can throw it and in a, a smoothie. And a casserole. Yeah, and a casserole. Especially whatever. if you had like kids you needed to hide things mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. her husband <laughs> he's not listening right no no 
yeah, so that would be something I would definitely. Yeah, I could um, see doing more of that. Do that again. You could almost um, do a batch a week, I bet, every other week. Probably, yeah. Especially if we're both doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was. It, it, I like that it was easy. I've got collard greens now that are freezing because they came in Chastity's bag that oh, comes. Oh, okay, your bounty Yeah, whatever. that bounty bag that comes. She has a subscription to a food Vegetable program or thing, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and they send a lot of organic fruits and vegetables, and Chastity's diet is fairly organic. It's not completely organic, but it's very, very heavy on the organic probably side. Probably 95%. Yeah, probably. She gets that, and so there's always greens in there. So I'm like, I'm just going to start freezing that for her. Then I'll have enough. You know, and then we can run the machine because it does take a little bit of greens to fill the machine. <laughs> you know, I mean, the machine isn't real big, but when you're doing greens, you can really put a lot in there. You can pack it more. Yeah, than you, you can. Yeah, because it doesn't explode. Although I will say you have to be very careful when you release the vacuum because. Do they fly everywhere? They fly a little bit. Well, if so, they're the only things. Well, if you're going to mix them anyway, it's not a big deal. Yeah, that doesn't bother me, but we just don't want to clean out the clean it. Clean oh, okay. out the machines. See, um, I don't have, haven't had to do that yet. Well, we'll get you introduced to that. <laughs> You've done all that for me so yeah, far. Yep. Um, but yeah, that does get a little. And then you know, you know, I put it into uh, Ziploc bags, and then crushed it first a little oh. bit with a rolling pin. Before I put it in the no. Vitamix, I didn't have the bag quite closed, and I poof, and I had. I, <laughs> I had greens flying around the kitchen, so um, that's a little learning curve there is to make sure you got your bag, bag sealed, sealed and yep. stuff before you start crushing. Well, you did. we did pears, too. Didn't we do the rest of your pears? Weren't pears yeah. on that tray, too? Yeah. I with think with I, the cinnamon? Oh, yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Well, you, if you're going to freeze-dry pears, you need to put cinnamon but, on them, people. And oh these my gosh. were really <sighs> ripe, ripe pears. They were so They good. were almost, it's if you picked them up and squeezed them, you would squeeze them through your finger ripe. They were, they turned out So fantastic. cutting them was very interesting. Well, you did a really nice job because I would never well, guess that. Well, because I have that, I have that, I have a Pampered Chef slicer okay. thingy. I don't know what it's called, but it, you know, it's great that- for like um, olives. Oh, okay. So I buy, I don't buy chopped up olives. I buy um, the big uh, ones mm-hmm. and stuff. And then you, I put it on there and it's like, you know, it's an egg slicer kind of thing. Oh, okay. But it's in two separate pieces. Okay. And very sharp. Okay. And so, so it does mushrooms. I've never done a tomato tomato with it because I'm afraid I'd crush the tomato. Uh huh. But I did the pears with it. I did the apples with That's it. I was gonna say because your apples and pears. Or no, all I did. Were... The, I used an apple peeler for the. Okay, because as apples. I say, they are all very uniform. uniform yep. With the um the slicing, and I was like, boy, she's pretty darn good. Oh, she's pretty picky a, there. I have a tool. <laughs> oh, here she's cheated. I cheat. Oh, yep. <laughs> I had I kept just a small jar of your pears, and I've been handing them out as samples to my milk customers oh. and everybody absolutely loves. Do they comment on the texture? Yeah. They are just like, but they're like, it's so yummy. Yeah. It's so yummy. It's just, it, they I mean, stick it's to your teeth. Yep. It's different. It sticks to your teeth, but it dissolves mm-hmm. off your teeth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stay there. Like, you know, it kind of sticks to your teeth like a taffy would, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stay there like a taffy would. Right. You yeah. can pick it off or, you know, it melts off in mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, they are a big hit with, with yeah. my milk customers. Probably won't and have ripe pears like that until next year. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're probably, uh, I'm not sure when pear season really is. Because yeah. I know uh, FFA fruit comes and they have pears in that box. Oh. That comes out of Texas. So and I those come know. in December. Yeah, along with oranges and yeah. there's usually apples in there too. And of course, it's not apple season anymore. 
no, by December. No, but I'm sure they're, but they're, they were probably picked in the fall and yeah. put in however yeah. they store them. And I'm, yeah, I suppose pears, probably. maybe pears are the store the same way. they Because they Do usually, they pears, pears are picked green, are they not? Yeah. And then they're allowed to ripen, so they probably just put them in cold storage. Yeah. Yeah. We know that would nothing. be my guess. Okay, the other thing I did was I made Colby cheese this past week. Oh, yes. I made Colby cheese, and you've tried my Colby yes, cheese, and I made it twice now. First time I did it, my friend told me, my friend Kelsey said, we don't like it pressed and aged. And she said, so I just quit when I get to the pressing stage. I just quit, and we just have cheese crumbles. And we use it on our tacos, and we use it on whatever whatnot. So that's what I did the first time. Second time, I was like, well, I want to try pressing it. I'm not going to age it, but I'm just going to press it. I press the cheese. Do you have a cheese press? Yes, I have a cheese press, but that's I did not use the cheese press. Okay. I just used a eight pound. I what I did is take an old milk jug, filled it up with eight pounds of water, and I oh. used that and I pressed it for I don't know twenty minutes or an hour. I don't remember even just remember in a how bowl? long. Yeah, I just you just put a plate on top of it. Oh, okay. And, and it's our it's a real redneck thing. <laughs> it's right up our alley. <laughs> yeah. We're anyway, both married and you have to, to be rednecks. real careful because the jug of water will actually tilt if the cheese isn't real even, and pretty soon you have it all lopsided. So it takes a little bit of talent to get to into finesse it. Yeah, to even it out and make sure that you're balanced, and it can sit there for twenty minutes to an hour. Um, so I end up with this really nice loaf of cheese, and so we were tasting it and stuff, and it was okay and whatever not, and we we're like. Well, the freeze dryer doesn't have anything in it. Let's freeze dry the cheese. So I cubed it all and freeze dried it. And you tried it. That's what we had tonight, right? Yep, yep. We had that tonight. Um, and I've been handing those samples out to my uh, milk customers as well. And everybody is just amazed how Colby tasting the cheese is. Now, I don't really know. I'm not really, besides cheddar, I'm really not a cheese person. <laughs> I eat a lot of cheddar cheese and a lot of varieties of cheddar, but I don't really go into the Gouda and all this stuff. And I, I know I ate Colby cheese as a kid, but other than that, I, I don't like Colby cheese from the store. But this stuff is pretty good. Yeah, this was good. And when I freeze-dried it, it it's very freeze-dried cheese is very interesting. Yes. It's crunchy and yeah, I, I, <laughs> and you know, and we and well, we thought that you know we had chili tonight, mm -hmm. and so we thought we'll put a chunk in the chili and to see if it would reconstitute. Mm -hmm. Would it get stringy and stuff like mm -hmm. cheese would, and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so you get a chili covered <laughs> chunk of cheese. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and I, it I, tasted okay. It tasted good, mm -hmm. but it was like. That's different. Yeah, so I don't know what if there's a trick to reconstituting it with I don't know. I think it's perfectly fine oh, yeah, as I, a dry product myself. Oh, yeah. You know, I've done mozzarella cheese. I've freeze-dried mozzarella oh, okay. cheese and then I used it in my in my lasagna, but I oh. just added extra liquid what? in there, extra water was with it my sauce. Was it shredded or It was, was shredded. Okay. And that reconstituted beautifully. That I forgot yep, that you'd yep, done that. Yeah, I had done that, but that was shreds. Yes. And I don't know how well Colby cheese melts either. Oh. I don't know. Because Colby cheese, I think, is a drier cheese. Yeah, I you know, now that you say that, I don't think I buy Colby cheese to shred and put in uh, dishes. I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever seen it shredded in the store either, pre-shredded. Yeah. I remember as a kid, the best Colby cheese I ever tasted was the stuff that, that was sold at the creamery that my aunt and uncle sold their milk to. And I remember going with them and picking up this round tube of cheese 
And I just remember it being very dry when you cut it into it. Lots of times it wasn't a slice. It was kind of a piece of a slice and because yeah. it kind of crumbled. It was very dry, but oh, it was, I remember it being so good. And I've never tasted any Colby cheese like that cheese. And it was probably just because that was the creamery's cheese. And it was fresh. Yeah, or probably fresher. And, you know, I mean, they probably had their technique, you know, oh, or whatever. Recipe or yep. Yeah, that was that was the best Colby cheese I've ever eaten. And it was waxed. Oh. I remember it had a wax coating on it, which was weird for me because I'm a city kid. Yeah. And I didn't know what why you have wax on it. I just knew the cheese inside was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I would probably do the Colby cheese definitely again that way. I've only made Colby cheese twice, so we'll see if I can. I mean, it was this. good. Well, my thought is of of the eating it dry was it's like can you powderize this and put it on popcorn? You know, because that the cheese is a little salty. Yeah. So it would probably work really good on yeah. popcorn. Because I, I will eat nutritional yeast on my popcorn, mm-hmm. which kind of gives it a cheesy taste, uh-huh. but not quite. Yeah. But it's good. Mm-hmm. But I, I that's what I thought. And it's like, yeah, this on popcorn, everything. Maybe goes, I'll send some home with you tonight and you can try, try powdering it. I wonder if, if that would works. be, if a blender, if my blender would be enough to pow- pulverize it. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, I just can... have a like, you know, not cheap. It's an $80 blender, but mm-hmm. it's not as strong as your Vitamix. Do you have a food processor? Yeah, I have a food processor. I bet too. it would work in there. I have a food processor too, but it sits in a box because I use my Vitamix for just about everything. Everything, yeah. It's like, so, and I was like, oh, cleaning that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I love my Vitamix just because, I mean, when the amount of blending I do with Chastity's food, it's uh, really... Time-saver? It, well, it, it's, and it gets it I all. use a lot. I use it a lot, and I need a decent motor on it. I burnt up a ninja oh, yeah. doing her food. You I, do I put anything in there and expect it to work. Oh, and you almost need to use it. You probably don't do it daily. I do it every other day. Yeah. So And I use it. I do it for, I do six meals every other day, and I do me- two meals at a time. So it runs at least three three different times every other day. Yeah. So at yeah, least. you're putting your true test of... Of a blender. <laughs> I, I really do. And I put just about anything in there for her because she eats a regular diet. She doesn't, there's no fake food, nothing yeah, like no, that. She no eats formula real food. type stuff. Yep, there's no formula in there. And sometimes the stuff is frozen and it just blends it right up. It does a really, really good job. I should mention that the culture I used for my Colby cheese actually came from New England. Cheese, cheese company? Yeah, cheese making company. As I mean, this is... This is these are cultures that I had when we first started making cheese when I first got my first cow in like 2013. And so those cultures are still good. They are still working. That's oh. how good these cultures are. I've had them in the freezer and I've got a ton of them. My recipe actually came from um, cultures for health. Yes. That's where I got my my recipe and I think I'm going to probably start trying some of their there. other recipes on there. They have a recipe on there for um, making string cheese out of mozzarella cheese Ooh. and how to make it like string cheese and we eat a lot of string cheese. We eat a lot of string cheese. And so I want to try that. Because I bet we use go through a pack uh, with my grandkids and stuff mm-hmm. a week. I thought, you know, what a great way to utilize our skim milk. Yes. Um, and stuff and so I'm going to probably follow try to figure out how to do, do that it. and I know I've read through the recipe already so I know basically what I kind of have to do or whatever to, that's different from making just straight mozzarella cheese and I think they have a cheddar cheese recipe on there too I would recommend going to their website and taking a look at their recipes they're very easy to follow nice yes. instructions and they have a YouTube channel I know 
Okay. Uh, now I haven't ventured over there just yet. Yeah. Because so. I think I watched them when I was learning how to make kombucha. Oh, I watched their YouTube. Yes, they have kombucha cultures or whatever yeah. on their thing. And don't you use something else from their website? Um, um, the, the fermenting. Yogurt. The yogurt. Okay. Well, I don't know if that comes from there. Um, it's a different brand. Yep, they, I looked it up. I looked it up. It's um, cutting cutting edge cultures. Culture, yes. But yes, they do that's sell I, that. That's what I use to start my sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, have, I haven't tasted them. I have some cherry tomatoes. Oh. Cherry tomatoes and basil. I'd see. You got that fermenting. Yeah, it's in the, it's fermented and it's in the refrigerator. I haven't okay. tasted it yet. Okay. You might have to pull that out and taste that. Interesting. If anything, um, there's got a lot of liquid in there that makes good. It's good for cold and flu season. If you okay. if you have a bug thing come through, mm-hmm. just two tablespoons of any cultured food juice will help settle your stomach some. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do a lot of fermenting around here. I'm the only one who would eat anything fermented, and the only thing I eat fermented mm-hmm. vegetable-wise is sauerkraut. sauerkraut. Which you I, need to get me some of your yeah, sauerkraut, girl. I was going to sample that. that. I was going to thought of it momentarily tonight and got <laughs> sidetracked. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. I know you'll get some to me. Yep. So I would suggest checking out culturesforhealth.com and see what they have on their website. I'll be spending more time on there for sure. Now I talked about cheese array. That's what happened in my kitchen. Kind of went into my kitchen here for a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, else? I did. Anything? I made goat cheese. We tried that tonight. Yep. That was um, good. Madison has is owns our goat herd. The last half gallon that she didn't have sold on the last day she milked her goats, which was this past week, I uh, grabbed that half gallon and I made goat cheese, which I think I had started when we did last the, week. the podcast last week. I yes. think it was just started. So it finished the next day. It cultured for, I forgot about it. I should have taken care of it before I milked the cows and I didn't. I did it afterwards. So it cultured instead of culturing for 12 hours, it was probably closer to 15 hours by the time I remembered it. And so it's a little bit drier than I remember making goat cheese, but I haven't made goat cheese since we moved into this house, and that was in 2012. It's been a long time. And um, so we tried it tonight. We're all in <laughs> decision that it needed some salt. Needed some salt yep. and maybe some herbs. Yeah, some kind of an herb mixed in with it. And either either chives, maybe yeah, garlic. Garlic. Or um, I know a friend of mine, Teresa, she puts dill and something else oh. in hers. I can't remember if it was garlic or what, but she puts, she she had like three different recipes she had told me I back I could see garlic when. and dill together. Yeah. Maybe some onion. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So we might just play around with this a little bit. I might break it up into, because it's, it's really not a whole lot there. What there's maybe... Oh, there's maybe, maybe a cup, cup there, maybe, cup, cup maybe yeah, maybe, and we can just break it up and maybe put just to try some with different herbs and just see how everything yeah. tastes different. But um, that was kind of fun. And the thing you said is that it doesn't taste like goat cheese from the store. No, it doesn't have that goaty flavor. It doesn't have you know goat cheese from the store has a distinct taste mm-hmm. and flavor, and this is nothing. There might be just a hint, hint, but mm-hmm. not like you get from the store, the store yeah. bought stuff. Now, I don't know if it has to do with the pasturation. Yeah, because this was not pasteurized. Yeah, this was not pasteurized. No, nope, because you was, just brought it up to what ninety, a hundred degrees. I had to bring it up to. I think it was eighty six. Oh, okay. Or is so that we, the Colby? I don't remember, but I didn't. I didn't have to bring it up very much. And then it uh, just. I mean, I threw the culture in, stirred it up, and 
put a cover on it and sit on top of the refrigerator. And there's where it sat for 12 hours. You don't have to do anything with it. Unlike Colby cheese, where I have to check temperatures and, you know, there's, a, there's, the curves, there's yeah, right? there's futzing with it. This just sits. And yeah, it, it started separating and you get definitely get the curds and whey right away. Um, oh. So yeah, it doesn't take very long for it to culture. It's a much easier cheese to make. Yeah, it I, was I, good. I still prefer my cow cheese. This is a nice change, but mm -hmm. yeah, I much prefer, if I was going to snack... Yeah, this is hoity-toity cheese. Yeah. <laughs> As you call it. Hoity-toity cheese, yeah. <laughs> For a charcuterie board. Yeah, there you go. And so let's see, what else did I do in my kitchen? Oh, the other thing we did, I made pumpkin pie ice cream <sighs> yes. today. And we sampled that tonight. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, the only suggestion was because you, you said you put graham cracker crust in it. I put graham cracker, cracker crumbs. crumbs in it the last... Yeah, three minutes. the last three minutes of churning, that's what the recipe had called for. You could taste them in there, but mm -hmm. they weren't chunks of crust. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, I and mean, I might, you know, maybe if a person didn't, um, I kind of ground them ground them because I just used graham crackers and then and I crushed, crushed them, them myself. Um, but, you know, maybe I should have left them in bigger pieces. I'm but not I, sure. I or... think they would get soggy too. But, you know, my suggestion was to take, instead of mixing it in, to use that as a topping. Yep. You know, when that you're serving it. Yeah, the recipe, the actual original recipe called for um, salted caramel to put on top. Sea salt oh. caramel topping or whatever, but I did not make that topping. I don't think I'd need that topping. I, I think it was pretty sweet already. Yeah, that would just um, be more sugar. But yeah, I don't know, but caramel's good. Yeah, like caramel's caramel. good. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was really good, and I honestly don't remember the website I got that off of love something i was just scanning today and i was yeah, like oh i think i'm gonna make that <laughs> it's like oh that looks good let's let's print that one out mm -hmm. but that that i definitely make again and now rich and i were talking that if we thought it tasted really good that maybe we'd try to make freeze-dried oh, ice cream bites yes that might be kind of fun i don't know i have i mean i've heard you know ice cream sandwiches are really good yeah and, I've and heard, that type of thing and i thought yeah well, to like make like bite-sized mm -hmm. pieces yep yeah because it can explode in the... Right. And so I thought with the... Because Rich is like, well, maybe we could, you know, just not churn the ice cream and just freeze the base or whatever. And I said, well, there's... I think there's a... I don't know if I would call it a chemical reaction, but there's... A you're texture? Putting, yeah, you're putting air into it, and I don't think it would maybe taste like ice cream yeah. if you did it that way. It'd be more like pumpkin <clears throat> spice creamer maybe, for your coffee. Yeah, maybe or something. So we, we only ate half of the... Container. <laughs> container that I made. <laughs> so I do have some left. And I thought, you know, to make it bite size, use like a cookie scoop. Yep, use you know, a cookie, use scoop. cookie scoop. And um, pre-freeze it yep, hard, hard. Yep, freeze it really hard and then put it in the freeze yeah. dryer. I have heard with stuff like that that melts and things like that that you want to make sure that the freeze dryer is at the same temperature as your freezer before you put your yes. stuff in to make sure that it doesn't melt it at all. You know, especially if you're doing ice cream or, yeah. or something like that. I know some people are saying with the ice cream sandwiches, you got to be picky. So I would assume ice cream's the same way. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. But Unless then you had another suggestion. You said you had leftover pumpkin. Yes, yes. I So I've been playing around with whipped cream. Have not put any through the, the freeze dryer just yet. I had some extra cream, some heavy whipping cream from our cows. And I had a little bit of pumpkin left over. And so I thought, Jamie puts pumpkin in her coffee. Yep, I'll make a pumpkin latte type yep. thing. And I was like, I wonder if I take this. That was like a tablespoon of 
pumpkin and I threw it in with my cup of whipping, whipping cream, cream and I put a little cinnamon in there and I whipped it and it was pretty good. Um, I only, of course, it only made two cups. And so I, I went ahead and made my dollops, put it in the freezer, and then there was some left over. And Rich tried it and he thought it was pretty good. But I think the pumpkin was just a little too subtle. And I think we need to probably make it a little more. more. But like you had suggested, the freeze dryer may make the pumpkin come out. Oh, yeah, out. my intensify. That's what they say about, you know, like the grapes and everything that we did this week is that that flavor just intensifies and stuff. And so, yeah, it may, that may be enough pumpkin and stuff, you know. That's what this the harvest right is all about is all these experiments we're doing. Um, but I do have, I have just vanilla flavored whipped cream on my tray as well. And then I was thinking I could maybe do chocolate and strawberry. Oh. And I thought with the strawberry, I might use the freeze dried strawberries Maybe's. to do the flavoring of it. Oh, yeah. So I thought that might be an interesting little twist there. I could, I've got blueberries, freeze dried blueberries around here too. I could do that. You know, you could make Neapolitan cream bites or something or you know that type of thing where you oh, just yeah. mix the three of them in in a package or something yeah. like that you know good idea just thinking out loud but well it's recorded now so we can go back and how did i how did i say that <laughs> yeah oh i should should mention that we will um put the pumpkin pie recipe for the ice cream in uh, our in the show notes those of you who'd like to try to do this ice cream it makes a quart and a half when you listen to our podcast yeah. you should be able to see it yeah, in the in the show notes. notes oh you were talking about my cool machine i brought over tonight oh that's right you got a fancy machine i have not pressure canned in many years because you have to babysit it i have a gas stove so you can't just set it you have to monitor it i don't pressure can because of that mm-hmm but I decided this year that I wanted to pressure can. I had learned that there was, there's three, I think there's three electric pressure canners because there's a difference. There's a pressure cooker mm -hmm. and then there's pressure canners. Mm -hmm. And the two ones that I bought this summer, they are both pressure canners and pressure cookers. One is the Instant Pot Max mm -hmm. and you can pressure can in that. So you can do like potatoes, carrots, corn in that. But like your instant pot, you could not pressure can in right. it because it does not. Mine's the six quart. Yeah, it does not. Most of those can at um, a lower pressure. They don't get high enough, and especially if you're at a higher altitude, because our alt it's okay for our altitude. I think did somebody oh, we say we don't have a lot of problems with our no. altitude here. Well, I think what, we're like only twelve hundred or something. Yeah, I was gonna say a thousand twelve hundred. Yeah, like that. something like that. So I had bought that because I want to try canning dry beans too. Mm -hmm. So that because I'm one of those people, it's like, oh, let's make chili. Ooh, I forgot to soak beans. Dang. Mm -hmm. And stuff. And where if I they were pressure canned and on the shelf, that would be just awesome. Mm -hmm. But then, too, with a pressure canner, like an Instant Pot, or this is a Nisco pressure canner. This morning, I had not soaked my beans. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing chili. <laughs> so you can take dry beans. And I pressure canned them for 30 minutes. It said 25 to 30 minutes. I should have done 25 because they were they were really soft and stuff. And so I pressure canned those this morning before I went to work. And then when I came home and I make lunch, because we're fortunate, we're self-employed in the same town. We're half a mile from our house. And so I make lunch every day. After I got cleaned up for making lunch, I made our chili for tonight. Mm -hmm. And I did that in this pressure cooker 
But I did not. Pr- I put it on slow because it's got a slow cooker function on it, too. Okay. So I slow cooked it all afternoon. You know, I uh-huh. yeah. I cooked the onions, the, the beef and everything inside that. Mm-hmm. And then I put tomatoes. I, I, well, actually, I used a can of my salsa oh. because I, I didn't have no green peppers on it. Oh, my salsa's got green peppers in it, <laughs> and it's got more onions in mm-hmm. it. A little jalapenos, because I don't use chili. There's no chili powder in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could taste that. No, oh, I, I guess I didn't notice it. There. Yeah, but, see, it, t- it tastes very different than my chili. Because um, yep. we don't like, I don't like the strong chili powder mm-hmm. taste that most mm-hmm. chili has. Because mm-hmm. that will sometimes give me heartburn. Okay. And so, but I will use jalapenos and red pepper flakes in it. Okay. So you get a little spice. Uh-huh. But you're not, as I, I say, say, I don't want my food to hurt going down. Yeah, I was going to say, because no, I don't like spicy food, and that was not spicy to me. No, it was that, not spicy it whatsoever. Was not spicy at all. And yep. so I used my canned salsa. I used a can of my stewed tomatoes that I canned a few years ago. I put some dehydrated tomatoes that I did last year, because I like just a little chunk. I don't want mm-hmm. a lot of chunk, but I want a little tomato chunk. Okay, yep. And so that's what we had for supper yeah, tonight with some delicious. spices and stuff. It was very good. And then you had made cornbread to go with yes, it. Yes, I made cornbread to go with it. But yeah, and then, of course, the ice cream. And the ice cream is dessert. Oh. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so you really like your new, you called it, it was a, nis- nis- a Nisco, a Nisco? pressure canner okay. cooker. And I, I like the Instant Pot Max, too. Mm-hmm. Now, you can only do four pints in the Instant Pot Max and but in the nisco you can do four pints or you can do four quarts and you can hot water bath in the nisco pints okay but you can't do a quart because you can't can't get it deep enough okay that makes sense okay we've been talking off and on here about avid armor yeah and i think you've actually looked into it a little bit more than i have i've looked i've gotten a lot of in my some of my information from rich he likes to watch all those videos and stuff and i don't watch a lot of YouTube videos or any of that. I know you've looked at vacuum yes. sealers. Yes, because they- um, I discovered it because of Harvest Right, watching YouTube videos, and other users of the Harvest Right use it to seal their mylar bags. Mm-hmm. And I was like going, oh, that would be cool. Well, so do you know that they launched... One new series with two models in it. No, it was launched today. I thought it was just one model. No, it's actually two. Okay. Um, one is one is larger, and then it's got a little sister, if oh. I remember correctly. I'm kind of going off the top of my head here. The bigger unit, apparently you can um, actually vacuum seal a half-gallon canning jar. So a mason oh, jar. Oh, wow. Like sit down so, in it? I assume it. Or is it with the attachment? It lays down. It lays down inside the chamber and seals. That that's got to be a fairly big unit, yeah. Because yeah, you know what is a half gallon mm. jar is what nine ten inches? Yeah, Maybe I know it's less than a foot, but you know, and but you got to lay it down. So this, but do I you, think the quartz you can sit up in it. But so when you lay, do you put the ring on? How do you? you I would assume so, and you probably can't do a liquid. Yeah, I couldn't see you doing a yeah liquid would leak out. But you know we're we're. We're freeze drying, so you wouldn't have a liquid anyway. Yeah. That that was one of the things I was like, oh, I wonder if it can do a, a half-gallon jar. Not that I use a whole lot of half-gallon jars for sealing anything in Oh, I in have it. gobs of them. I've got lots of jars. I just don't yeah. I don't vacuum seal a whole lot of things oh, in no, my... Oh, no, it's like um, I, I like the pears. I put them in a half-gallon okay. thing. Now, uh-huh. I don't know why. They're almost gone. <laughs> 
you know, like the apples, I put them in a quart and vacuum packed them okay. with a food saver. Okay. I use, I mean, I put my dry beans, I put my pasta. Um, oh, I've seen your crackers. Yeah, I put in. my crackers, any open cracker, I put in a half gallon jar and vacuum pack them. Last week, Runnings had peanuts in the shell on sale for $1.49 a pound. Uh-huh. We love that as a family. We've always... They make horrendous messes, but they're oh, fun. Oh, yeah, we eat a lot of them, too. Yes. And stuff. And so I bought 25 pounds. Oh, yes. <laughs> that will take us through the winter and stuff. And so, but I mm-hmm. filled, I ran out of jars, and then I just found some tonight going, oh, I could do more. But I did eight half-gallon jars. Okay. And stuff. Oh, that's really smart. It kind of locks in the freshness. Yeah, because that's and a lot. They'll start getting stale yeah, by, they get, by spring. Once, yeah. And then once it gets humid, yep. oh, you're done. I never thought about that. Now you could have done that in the in these new machines here. Yeah. This new fancy model of theirs. Yeah. But I've heard, I've heard a lot of things about Avid Armor. I'm anxious to see how those machines yeah. do and how they, I'd like to see somebody do a review on them, see what they're, what they're like. We'd like to give a special thank you to PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. We were talking about our meal that we had tonight. Yes. Now you were just talking about your chili, and you brought over sour cream. Yes. And now that's store-bought sour it's cream. store-bought sour cream. Okay. I am I was chatting with one of my friends who has a cow that she purchased from me, Kelsey, and she was telling me that she had, this past week, she said, I have, oh gosh, she had cheese and I, she had a bazillion things going on in her kitchen. And she was like, I've got sour cream brewing. And I'm like, oh, hello. Yeah. How, how do you make your sour cream? And she said, oh, it's really easy. She said she just takes one quart of cream, a quarter teaspoon of the miso. I, I can't say it right. Well, most people just call it miso. Um, like the fermented? That's the, it's, the, it's the starter. It's a cheese starter. Oh, okay. And so you put that in there. And then she says she adds two teaspoons of beef gelatin. Just dump it all into the jar, stir it up, put it away. Just set it to the side. And I think she said, let's see, did she put it in the refrigerator? I can't remember now if she put it in the refrigerator or not. But in t- within 24 hours, she's got sour cream. Now, is and this like yogurt where you can take a little bit of that to start your next batch? Or do you have to... I, yeah, I don't know. But, you know... I have spoken to her, and she has told me that she would be interested in being interviewed here on our podcast. Thought that might be fun since she's yeah. she's a new she's not new to homesteading, but she's new to ha- having her own oh, cow. cow. She's done the raw milk for many years, but she has her own cow now. It was was my cow, but <laughs> my precious poppy went to Kelsey, but she has agreed that she said she would be very interested in. Coming on our show, and then we can ask her if she yeah. if she ever thinks about using a culture from you know putting it aside and then doing it for the next one. But I I'm not sure what role that gelatin really plays it's, in there. Besides, maybe it just helps thicken it a little thicken bit because I know even like yogurt when you make yogurt with raw milk, it tends to be on the thin side, and a lot of people add gelatin to it to make it thicker. See, I used to, and I was thinking I need to get back into that. I didn't do it for probably more than a few months because it starts to make, you start to get quite a bit yogurt. The The first batch, you had to pasteurize the milk. Mm-hmm. You had to bring it up to 180 degrees, let it cool and stuff. I think it was 180 degrees. Yeah. And then that on, I just had to have some of the uh, old yogurt 
to start the new yogurt. Mm-hmm. Just like you would go buy store-bought yogurt mm-hmm. and use that. Yeah, the problem with using, trying to, with raw milk, and especially with yogurt, is if you try to save some of that yogurt to move it on to the next batch, eventually you kill your culture because there's so many live bacteria and, and they fight. The oh. bacteria in the in the yogurt and in the raw milk fight and eventually the raw milk no, wins. wins. Um, See, because it's just like gets in our that, body. <laughs> yeah, it just gets diluted. It yeah. just keeps getting diluted. It's just the same. I do, I do it with um, when I make buttermilk. If I make cultured buttermilk, I buy buttermilk from the store. I do one part buttermilk to three parts raw cow milk. I can do that for about four to five times where I just carry it over. I just okay. save some, add some more, and it will not. It just gets super runny, and it just doesn't culture anymore after about the fourth time okay. trying to reuse that. And then I use raw milk. I don't, you know, we get buttermilk around here, too, from making butter. But when I want a cultured buttermilk, that's what I have done in the past. But now I don't even do that anymore because I wait for my cream to sour a little bit in the refrigerator, and I simply use my soured cream where you for where I would normally put a buttermilk. Butter yep. You know, and I do, I, I can use kefir too. We make kefir around here and kefir works the same way in oh, as I'd... a butter, as a buttermilk substitute. Yep. Oh. It makes really good pancakes. Did not know that seeing that I have kefir from your kefir grains. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many years I've had your kefir grains, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's another way. Then I don't have to have cultured buttermilk it's just one less milk you get, product you get you get that jar of kefir that gets pushed to the back of the refrigerator and yep. it's like ooh, ooh. that's really ooh. strong mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good idea yeah. to make pancakes with yeah, it it makes yeah it's, it's a really good buttermilk substitute plus it's probably even better for you oh yeah because kefir has got so many yeah even if you're killing some of them when you're cooking it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's how i'm going to use that <laughs> cup back up and it's like ooh, that's i am <laughs> Because I can drink kefir. I, I don't have to mix it. Oh, see, I do. Especially if it's fresh kefir. Mm-hmm. It, I can I can drink it, just chug it. Because oh. you don't you only need probably more than a quarter cup or so. I used to take awful, you know, awful cough syrup when I was sick and stuff. And this is better than that. Mm. You know, I figure if you can take that when you're sick. But well, yeah, but some of it, you. some of it, it's like, oh, that's been there six yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's, that's been a little, that's a little tart. That's a little tart. There's not a whole lot of changes going on in my barn right now. We're just about ready to wean three calves off their moms. They've been on their moms all summer, and so they'll be coming off now. So I might have some very sad cows looking for their babies. For the babies and, you know, they're already attached because they've been out there for over 12 weeks now with their moms. And there's a, an attachment thing there that we yeah. have to deal a little bit with. But I try to do it the easiest way possible when we when we do separate them. And usually it takes about three days and the cows are back to normal and being so the one, was it the one Was it last week or the week before that there, when we pulled up that their mama was oh, out there yes. looking? Yes, that was zucchini. And that, that was Kelsey who had been here. Kelsey oh. had p- purchased her, her calf. calf. And yeah, it. Uh, I don't even know if it lasted for more than two days with zucchini. That's it's just a little hard on the cows. I won't lie; they're used so to having their baby. So does it affect their milk production? Well, all of a sudden, I got lots more milk because the baby ain't taking it anymore. Oh. Right now, I'm not even milking these cows because there's nothing. the The babies are taking everything, and oh. that's fine. I know that's going to happen. That's that's part of how we well, raise it, them. That and then you don't have to bottle feed them, right? And I I 
I really truly end up with healthier, healthier calves when I do it that way. It's, so it's, it's just like a breastfed baby. Yep, it is. It's it's just so much healthier for the calves. Not that not that you can't have a nice healthy calf being raised on a bottle. You can. I just find that they just have a better immune system, and it, they know how to act like a cow. You know, in, in that process, saying they know how to act like a cow. I also have four calves out there. No, there's another one out there. She's she's younger, and so she's going to stay with her mom. And then when we pull her, she'll be she's already sold. I will not take her off her mom until she's at least twelve weeks old. When they're raised by their mom, then they're a little bit hesitant about us humans because oh. they haven't been handled a whole lot takes a little bit to tame them down do they come through the parlor? well you're not milking mom so they're not coming through the parlor sometimes they do well moms sometimes come through the parlor it all depends on if mom decides to come into the pen or not if she comes in she just comes through but now the calves are bigger now and so they they take they, they kind of disrupt the cows in the parlor so i prefer not to have them come in and it works nice when we're going to decide to pull one because then mom comes into the parlor, we close the doors, and baby simply disappears. Yeah. And so that way the cow always comes back to the barn looking for her calf, and so she still comes back. And for my seasoned cows, not a big deal, but for a heifer like zucchini. This was I want, her first. Yeah, and this was her first baby, and so... I want to make sure she thinks the baby disappeared in this area so she always comes back to that area and I don't have a problem with getting her up yeah, to the barn. barn. It makes life easier for me, the farmer. Bottle, you know, not having to bottle feed them. Mm -hmm. That saves a huge hunk of yes, time. It's a, it's a huge time saver, but like I said... In exchange, I have a more wild calf that yeah. it takes a little bit longer to, to tame, tame her and make her a uh, little bit nicer. But like Kelsey, I uh, know I think she had that calf less than two days, and he was already eating out of bucket for her and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, he's never really been handled at all. And she's like, oh no, he's just as sweet as can be. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> to, You'll see when you do these other ones. Yeah, now. we'll see because we'll be pulling three of them at some point here in the next week. And then um, Lucy will get to keep hers for a few weeks yet. She will. Her baby's Lacey, I believe I named her. And she's going to go to live with Bobby, who buys caps for me quite regularly. So I know that she's going to a good home. Oh, I know what else we were going to oh, talk about. Well, we're Putting the garden to bed. Oh, yes. For, for winter. Yes. We were talking a little bit about the hard frost. Yes. So that's we had our, the apples. We had a hard frost. Well, we did last week. We talked yep. about that. Yeah. But that my garden is in a weird weird spot where it's kind of protected and, by yep. the neighbor's trees. And it didn't get terribly cold. Now, tonight no. it's supposed to get a yeah. couple degrees colder. And it's amazing how two degrees can make a huge difference. Yeah. It's 30, 31, 30 tonight? I heard 28. Oh, 28. Okay. Yep. That's I would gonna hurt. I, I covered my <laughs> tomatoes. That's the only thing I have left. Okay. Um. I I cleaned off. I have two. I have a four by four boxes. I have six of them. Mm -hmm. Two of them were tomatoes. I got one of the tomato boxes cleaned out. The plants cut out of it and thrown into my garbage cans for the city to pick up for their compost pile. Mm -hmm. um, our little town is wonderful. <laughs> they come. They chip. Um, any brush you put in the alley or yard waste, compostable yard stuff. We have a city compost that they will pick it up on Wednesday when they come through to chip all this brush. Mm -hmm. And they'll pick it up and they'll take it down there for you. So I um, picked my sunflowers. I had mm -hmm. grown the mm -hmm. huge head sunflowers this fall mm -hmm. or this summer. And I, I want to save some of the seeds for mm -hmm. next year. 
And then my husband's like, what are you going to do with those? And I thought, well, maybe I'll dry it. He goes, nah, feed them to the birds. So we're going to feed them to the birds <laughs> when they dry and will uh-huh. come out of the heads and mm-hmm. stuff. So I have them drying in the garage right now. And I cut off, I got two of the, I only had three of them. So I have two stalks I was able to cut off. The other one I couldn't, my scissors, it was so tough. Oh, oh, yeah, I couldn't, my, tough. my clippers could not. Yeah, I have to get. I think I have to get on my lobbers. Okay, yeah, probably. But it was getting dark, and I was getting wanting to get done. So they got good stocks. Yeah, because I asked a master gardener, was like, "How do you get? How do you cut it down?" She goes, "You get a chainsaw out." And I'm like, "It's not quite that big." But so I did that. I did the one tomato cage, I got our box, and then I picked the last of the cucumbers, pulled them, picked the last of the beans, pulled them, and so I only have one more box with tomatoes okay in it. and so uh, i didn't have time last night because we did apples mm-hmm. and i knew we were coming out here tonight so we covered him mm-hmm. crossing our fingers that you know worst happen is well i finished they'd freeze mm-hmm. and i was going to cut them up and throw them in the freezer to freeze dry yep you're the, you're y- fine yeah so you're fine I, as long as you get them right away tomorrow yeah so that's one of the projects for tomorrow morning is to pick all the tomatoes mm-hmm. and clean out the garden boxes okay and then i will probably pick the fennel seeds and I should be done gardening for the year. Okay, so you don't put compost on in the fall? Normally no. I do that in the spring. Oh, well, okay. I will. Okay. Oh, that's another thing. I will in one box because mm-hmm. I will plant garlic. Oh, that's right. You got garlic. I was looking at my bulbs. None of them are really big. Mm-hmm. So I went to Wilmer and I found some organic garlic. Okay. And so, and they were nice bulbs. And so I'm going to take those and I'm going to plant. I got three bulbs. And I'm going to pull all those apart and I'm going to plant those. So I will throw your compost, okay. plant my garlic in there this fall. Okay. Yeah. What are we going to talk about when you put your, you get your garden put to rest now? What are we going to talk about? Well, <laughs> well, we still have all these apples to process. <laughs> That's true. We'll be talking about apples for weeks. Yeah, now. we'll be talking about apples, apples, apples. But then January, I mean, I'm already looking at seeds. What seeds I will be starting in February, March. Yep. I'll start my seeds. Oh, I have a little lull there. Yeah. From gardening, but yes. But we're always doing stuff, something in the kitchen. We might get down to just talking about the kitchen. We might be, yeah, because I'll be starting my beef stock here pretty soon that I run continuously all winter long. Yeah, I'm getting low on beef stock on the shelf, too. I was like, yep, Mm -hmm. I have bones and everything in the freezer. I just got to pull them out. Mm -hmm. So until next time. Put some kefir on it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Homestead Podcast's latest episode. Your hosts, Carol Radke and Jamie Kappis, are Two Gals Homesteading. To learn more, go to twogalshomesteading.com or the Two Gals Homesteading Facebook page at facebook.com slash twogalshomesteading. Editing, audio production, and marketing of the Homestead Podcast is the responsibility of Media Trends X. The Homestead Podcast is an audio product of Media Trends X, a limited liability company, based in Minnesota, USA.